0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to this, the bonus part of this week's FYI. I hope you guys are enjoying this look into this amazing movie called Grease. And I don't know about you, but when I was preparing this episode, there's one thing that I knew I had to do as soon as I finished. And that was Watch Grease. So I just rewatched it recently, and it's as good as I remember. My daughter loves it, and I love it. So, as I said earlier, it is timeless. And I should say, my mother loves it too. So that's three generations who are singing and dancing to this amazing musical called Grease, which now we know why they call it Grease. Uh, but they never mention the word Grease in the movie. They say the word Greased, as we said before, in Greased lightning, go Greased lightning? No, it's greased. So that's a good trivia question. quantas veces dicen la palabra grease en, en la película grease Cero. <laughs> they, they don't say it at all. They say a variation of it, but they don't say it. And speaking of variations, uh, for the movie, they took this lyric uh, from the song, Look at me, I'm Sandra D. And they made it a little more sexual than it was. And that line, I don't know if you remember it, was Elvis, Elvis, let me be. Keep that pelvis far from me. And as I told you before, there is uh, one, well, there are two Elvis connections. The first one was that he was offered the role of teen idol, but I told you before, he turned it down. And why did he turn it down? Well, you cannot film a movie once you pass away. To pass away is Fayethed. And Elvis died that summer. And the creepy, the eerie part is the coincidence, I should say, was that he died the same day they were filming that scene. The look at me, I'm Sandra Dee scene, where she looks at the Elvis picture. I'm sure you guys remember it. It's a famous scene. So Elvis is a part of this movie, even though he just has a little cameo, or I should say his picture. Su foto tiene un cameo. Y fijaos, no he dicho cameo. I said cameo. We say cameo. And I can imagine that it took a long time to film some of those dance numbers. Another way to say a dance scene is a dance number. Because, I mean, they were elaborate. There were a lot of extras. Uh, So many people doing things at the same time. I mean, the choreography had to be perfect. And not just the choreography. I mean, think about the camera angles. So, so many things had to go smoothly in order to shoot these big scenes. So, you can imagine, you know, the one that I want? That end scene with their, when they're at the carnival, you know, that famous scene. Well, do you want to know how long it took to film that scene? <laughs> you're you're going you're to be totally surprised here. It took 24 hours. What? I thought you were going to say three weeks. No, no, only twenty-four hours. Now there were some reshoots later on, uh, using you know some close-ups, but they they only had twenty-four hours. There was a traveling circus. They had the rides. They had everything they ne- they needed. Excuse me, to to shoot the scene, but they only had twenty-four hours to get it done. And they did. So that big elaborate scene that everybody remembers, and it looks like it took months to film, was filmed in 24 hours. But that's not the case for every scene in the movie. Uh, There was another scene that takes place at the high school, and they were filming in the high school. Remember, everybody was in the high school, in the gym. And this was filmed on a, uh, a day where it was 116 degrees. I know, I know what you're thinking. 116 degrees. Guys, remember, ideal in Fahrenheit, that would be about 46.6 degrees Celsius. I mean, that is scorching hot. And remember, they're dancing around, they're wearing costumes, they're wearing makeup. There's a lot of people in the room, and a lot of people got sick. People were dropping like flies. Some of the people suffered from heat stroke, and it took a week to film that scene. So if you'd looked at the movie and said, okay, how long did it take to film each scene? You would never guess that the big carnival scene was filmed in one day and the gym scene took a week with a couple casualties. Unas perdidas, unas bajas. And that was shot at Huntington Park High School in Los Angeles. Now, this is the part of the show where you whip out your phone, sacas el móvil, you go over to Google Maps, and you put in Huntington Park High School, y le das a favoritos, and label, etiquetar, and you put Greece filmed here. Now, remember, try not to go on a day where it's 116 degrees Fahrenheit. (laughs) But also they used some other high schools to be Rydell High. Rydell High was the fictional name of the school. Obviously it was named after a teen idol named Bobby Rydell. So there was another wink to musical people like they did with Elvis. I mean this this is about young people. It's about, you know, love and crushes and buddies but it's also about music. All three of these high schools are in Los Angeles. So Huntington Park High School uh, is where they shot that scene, that interior scene. The field, El Campo, is John Marshall High School, also in Los Angeles. And the exterior shots were Venice High School, also located in Venice Beach. So you got three different places to visit next time you go over to Los Angeles, especially if you're a Greece fan like I am. And I know what you want to do. I know you want to take that classic picture, you know, leaning up against the locker, la taquilla, you know, with that... Too cool for school look on your face. And that's a, a funny expression. I think in in Spain you say más chulo que unocho. We say too cool for school. And in the first part, I told you I was gonna tell you about this guy, Jeff Conway. Jeff Conway, who played Kanicki. Well, this guy, first of all. He was in love with Rizzo in the movie. Let me just set the scene. So this this was Rizzo and Kenickie. Well, Kenickie decided that it was a good idea to give Rizzo real hickeys. Hey, that rhymes. Hickey, Kenickie? I think they did that on purpose. And what is a hickey? A hickey is a love bite. That's right. So this guy, the actor, was giving her real hickeys. Now, I don't know if that would be acceptable today in Hollywood. They'd say, no, 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 we're gonna do it, uh, you know, makeup. We don't want you biting anybody's neck. And the funny thing was, they let him do it. And she said, yeah, yeah, it's good. Go ahead, give me a hickey. But he wasn't in love with her, though. I mean, his character was in love with her. He was infatuated with Olivia Newton John. So that's, it's funny. You know, he was, his love interest was the other one, but him, the actor, Man, he, they said that he would get tongue-tied anytime she was on set near him. And uh, the irony, the funny part of this is he ended up marrying Olivia Newton-John's sister. (laughs) Hey, if you can't keep it in your pants, keep it in the family. Well, it was about time the guy had some kind of good luck, because if you remember, John Travolta stole his song before. He nicked it. Otra forma de decir "robar" is to nick something. And you want to know something else? I told you, this guy needs his own book if he doesn't have one. He also played the role of Danny Zuko on Broadway. So he originated the role of Danny Zuko. So John Travolta came in, he took his role, he took his songs. <laughs> hey, at least he didn't take his, his love interest or her sister. And at least they recast him. You know, they said, okay, you're not going to be the lead role anymore. But, you know, we're going to make you his sidekick, su mano derecha. You can also say his right-hand man. And, well, he was famous for playing that role, Kanicki another thing about jeff conway is he was taller than john travolta so he had to walk around the producers and the director told them kind of to hunch down you know to stoop a little bit to stoop revajarse, so that john travolta would look taller oh man jeff Con- i can i don't know i don't know this i didn't look it up but i can imagine that jeff conway hates john travolta's guts <laughs> Man, (laughs) holy cow, John Travolta, he's he's like, you know, I curse the day John Travolta was born. And as if that wasn't enough, to add insult to injury, esto es una expresión para hacer la cosa peor, he also got sick during the filming. He got sick when they were filming the drag racing scene con los coches. Basically, there was garbage and there was like water there that was kind of... Content. I, I don't know, but it was basically not the kind of place where you want to be hanging out. And he got an infection in his foot, and uh, oh, and they also dropped him, uh, and he he needed he needed to go to the hospital as well. So poor Jeff Conway. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at the guy, but you can't make this stuff up, man. I mean, this is almost as interesting as the story of Greece. You know, guy falls in love with girl, summer love, or this guy's story, which is, wow. (laughs) Oh, and uh, we'll, we'll stop talking about Jeff Conway here in a second, but Jeff Conway, as I said, he originated the role on Broadway alongside Richard Gere and Patrick Swayze. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I believe Richard Gere was an understudy. An understudy is somebody who's ready to do the role if the actor can't, if they get sick or they lose their voice. These are called understudies. Remember guys, there are two episodes that can help you with this episode too that are linked in some kind of way. We've got the high school episode, And, of course, the Hollywood episode, baby. (laughs) All right, so let's take a look at some other behind-the-scenes things from this epic movie product placement is more common than ever. But back in the day, it was something that was relatively new. So then Alan Carr, Alan Carr was the producer, the co-writer. He made a deal with Pepsi. You can say to make a deal or to strike a deal. Eso es muy nativo. And so uh, he did. and, And well, That was good. It's good news. Pepsi's going to give you money. You feature their product. But there was just one problem. Nobody told the set designer that. And so the set designer put Coca-Cola symbols all over the set and, and it made sense because it was a symbol of young people and it was uh you know just as uh, as important as rock and roll you could argue but alan carr didn't think it was a great idea he went through the roof or as we say he went ballistic yeah he was he's like i just made a deal with pepsi and we've got the coke logo all over our movie we gotta take it out forget it let's go but it wasn't that easy. I mean, we're not talking about now, we're a little CGI and it's gone. Well, there. They couldn't do it. So they uh, they what they did is they tried to blur the Coca-Cola symbol because they didn't have time or the budget to reshoot the scenes that had the Coke logos in the background. So they decided to do whatever they could with what they had. And so they kind of used this blurry kind of thing to, to block it out. But there were some times where they couldn't do it. For example, there's a scene where they're sitting around the cooler, Cooler is una neverilla. I mean, what a screw-up. Now, the good thing is that Pepsi never complained. They were good sports about it. They didn't say anything. But now, I want to see the movie again, and I want to keep an eye out for those Coke logos. And hey, there's another FYI link. Remember, there's an episode on the Cola Wars as well. So, have you guys seen Grease 2? Yeah, neither have I. I I haven't seen it. I, I know it's on TV sometimes, and I imagine the rights are dirt cheap. Dirt cheap is muy barato. But critics and the general public alike agree that it is absolutely horrible, that it should have never been made. Grease too. Have you guys seen it? Well, after the success of Greece, of course they were throwing around ideas. You want to see how to milk it, exprimirlo un poco. So the original idea was a sequel called Summer School, and that would focus on Kanicki and Rizzo's wedding. This suena como American Pie un poco American Wedding. Well, hey, in the end what are they trying to do? They get a brand and they milk it. look at Star Wars. Look at I mean these guys are experts in that. But in the end, they decided against that. And they said, okay, we're going to make Grease 2, not Summer School, and we're going to have it star Michelle Pfeiffer. She's going to be the leader of the Pink Ladies. Remember, the girl gang was the Pink Ladies, and the guys were the T-Birds. And so Grease 2 came out in 1982. It had twice the budget of the original movie, And it flopped 10 times as hard. I think most Greece fans kind of try and forget that one. They try and sweep it under the rug, as we say. Hacer que desaparezca. It reminds me of Indiana Jones fans and the Crystal Skull. You know, does that one count? No, of course not. So all their plans, and they had a lot of plans to expand this franchise, well, they were put on hold after Greece 2 flopped. But, as Hollywood always does, they don't throw their ideas away, they keep them for a rainy day. And the origins of High School Musical, the highly successful High School Musical, they come from a 1999 script, which was originally meant to be Greece 3. How crazy is that? So, High School Musical is loosely based on. Grease 3, or was adapted from the Grease 3 script. And this is where it gets really juicy. This is where it gets really interesting. Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake were supposed to star as the children of Danny Zuko and Sandra D. Now, I think that's interesting. I think I would go see that one. Britney, Justin... I guess it just wasn't the right moment and they decided against it. So they took that plot, that idea, and they made some changes, some tweaks, and they developed it into high school musical, which, as I said before, is a roaring success. So, what is something that we could say here? In general, if you get some good singers, some great songs, and an interesting story, you might have a success on your hands, but it doesn't mean it's a surefire way to be successful. Just look at Greece too. But I think there's a lesson there, and the lesson is you don't have to throw away your ideas. Obviously, maybe it's not the right time, it's not the right place, but ideas are things that you can keep forever and develop them later on down the road. And this was a way they took something that was just sitting on a shelf, ahí muerto de hambre, and they turned it into a money maker. I think you say gallina con huevos de oro. So, what's the future of Greece? Well, as you can see, my daughter loves it already. So, I imagine we're going to continue to see Greece on stages all over the world, from high schools to Broadway revivals to spin-offs. I read that as of 2020, they're working on some new Greece things now. Don't get your hopes up. No te hagas ilusiones, but hey, they could be good. Why not? Uh, you know, maybe Greece 2 was the fluke. You know, the fluke is el que no iba bien. Maybe the rest of the series is gonna be awesome. And they're working on one called Greece, Rise of the Pink Ladies, another one uh, called Summer Lovin'. So who knows? Uh, I know one thing whether they are successful or not is one thing, but the legacy. The music, the idea of young people dancing, laughing, having fun, and falling in love is an idea that is timeless. And I think that is why you got the right people together at the right time and it worked. And you caught that moment in history that everybody will enjoy for generations to come. And hey, That's my hopes for FYI. I hope people will discover this show decades later and be able to learn from it just as well as the day I made it. So that said, thank you so much for being here, folks. It's been a pleasure once again. Remember, if you have any ideas for future episodes, just let me know. I'd love to hear your suggestions. That's it for today's episode of FYI.